Oh, for the so um, or, or for however long I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what brought me home was um, last year before the uh, panorama happened. Um, <laughs> I uh, I had applied. Uh, I'm a lifelong, literally lifelong member of the stage company. Holla! Um, no, that's appropriate. I won't say that. Um, uh, <laughs> but um, I'm a lifelong member of the stage company, and uh, I applied to be a director for their. Um, upcoming season. And then, of course, the pandemic hit, uh, but it looked like things were going to open back up. And of course, I had been stuck not seeing Carbondale, not seeing my family uh, who live here because I'm a Carbondale native. Uh, haven't hadn't seen them in like a year and a half. Um, I just got more and more excited about the project. They approved my my show and they were like, we'll do it whenever you can come into town. So we put it in the summer slot so that I could do it. And I said, don't even worry about it. I'll direct it. I'll design my own sets. I'll do everything for it. Uh, I just want to create artwork in my hometown with people I know and love, new people to work with, um, and to you know contribute uh, to some of the art here uh, in Carbondale. So. Is one of my comedians in your show this year? Uh, which one? Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. Yep. Awesome. Yep. That's, for sure <laughs> i love i love it so yep. much um episode 26 of the wtf carbon podcast <laughs> for those checking out i just i love being able to like do crossover between people because like that's the idea of the project is to show yep oh. yeah and uh and we've we've already started rehearsals and i gotta say it's such a, a wonderful time already um can I plug my show yeah that's the, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Uh, um it's uh, a steve martin play uh, if you didn't know, Steve Martin, the comedian, is a playwright um, as well as a musician. And I guess I think he owns a ranch or has like a dog rescue or something like that. Like he does a lot. Anyway, he's also a playwright. And he wrote a fictional story about Picasso and Einstein and some other characters meeting at a French bar in 1904. And the play is called Picasso at the Lapin Agile. And <laughs> it is hysterical. It is um, absurd. Uh, you know, it's a completely fictional meeting, but it has these historical characters interacting, sharing theories and ideas, some of which make sense and some of which don't, um, in this bar uh, around the uh, regular, uh, you know, daily patrons of the bar who are sort of puzzled, but uh, delighted, ultimately, uh, <laughs> by this, this interaction, this sort of crossing of stars. Um, and it's a play that I have often characterized as kind of a love letter to the 20th century because it talks about the potential for the future and it, it has all these philosophical elements which suits me just fine because I have a bachelor's in philosophy. So the little philosophy nerd of, inside of me uh, just, just loved it when I first, uh, when I first saw the, the play and I've, I've wanted to do it ever since. So this is a real, this is, this is a dream come true. Ah, and it's just right here. It's right here with, in with the stage company the in stage. Carbondale, where home is. Where home is. Ah, uh, and that is the transition to the intro for episode sixty-nine of the WTF Carbondale podcast, where we talk to interesting people about their interesting lives and tie it all back to this little old place we call home here in Carbondale, Illinois. Uh, episode sixty-nine with MK Hughes. Can I say your full name out loud? Is that so oh, loud? Absolutely. Mary Catherine Hughes. <laughs> As I recall from back in the day, is was it Katie that you? It was Katie. Me? Okay, cool. As I'm carefully recalling along the way here, the I'm ah, this is just great because I, I would have never right when you're kids, you don't you don't know what relationships are going to look like as an as an adult, and you don't even think about you it. don't. <laughs> I, and I I certainly didn't see this coming. I'm delighted to be where I am now, but like. You know, I had some ideas about my future, and some of them have come true. You know, I worked for my dreams, but like. I'm just, I'm just delighted to be here. This is just a <laughs> lovely, lovely place to land, and I never would have predicted it, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> How, so, like, you know, getting, you know, we we already know, right, as, as context on on this podcast uh, now that you know there there's no. How did you come to be in Carbondale? Born and raised Carbondale. Mm -hmm. So the 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 other big question is, you know, what type of influence that Carbondale has provided over you to like instill these dreams in you and then push you to go pursue them elsewhere and out there um 
So, you know, Carbondale is such a cool town. Um, and I, of course, I'm saying that as a native, um, but I have a lot of love for Carbondale because of all the things that it offered me uh, growing up. Um, so it has a, a university, so it has a very diverse and learned population, and it also has all of the things that uh, the town and the, the surrounding area tries to provide to draw people in. It mm -hmm. has music, and it has uh, theater and art, and it has also just um, tons of great restaurants and you know beautiful vistas and. The surrounding area, of course, is surrounded by farmland, but also vineyards and swimming places. And it's, um, I want to say this is the, the uh, well, obviously the Shawnee National Forest is the ancestral home of the Shawnee people. Yeah. And it's a really beautiful area um, just to go out and see. There's Giant City Park and all this stuff. And it offered me all of that. And it was also, you know, how do I explain this? Um, it offered me all of these different perspectives and beautiful things to do uh, with, with people I, I grew up with. And I never wanted for anything. So I was free to like imagine anything. You know, I got inspired by the stage company, right? My mom joined uh, a couple years after she had moved here and um, she'd had some kids and she was working in the area and she joined the stage company and she started doing shows there. She brought me along. I was immediately entranced. <laughs> um, <laughs> there are literally stories of me growing up backstage in the old stage company building, which was this beautiful old opera house that was once a bank, but was before that an opera house in downtown Carbondale. It's no longer there, unfortunately, but we have this building now, so it's fine. Um, and she brought me with her and just let me you know, imagine and play dress up with some of the costumes and help out with the shows. I was like a little kid backstage carrying a two by four, just being helpful, <laughs> you know? Um, when I was like 10, I was running light and sound boards and, and stuff like that. Um, I got to see shows at McLeod Theater at SIU, um, which were, were amazing and also later inspired me to go to school for theater at SIU. Yeah. So, um, you know, Carbondale just gave me all those things. Um, there were tons of other things too. You know, there was like um, political activism, which was my dad's bag. He um, he he loved to to educate me and 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 teach me about the world. And and he had friends here too who contributed to that. And just a huge sense of community and engagement. Um, and they gave all that to me. And I've I've taken that with me wherever I've gone, really. Um, this is like one of the best places to grow up and. That is a biased opinion, but it's true. <laughs> you get to own that opinion. I, I own that opinion. <laughs> I am a Carbondale girl. I'm not. I'm not sorry about it. <laughs> oh my god! I, that's that is that's what the T-shirt needs to say. I've been trying to think of what what what's the phrase that goes on a <laughs> a WTF Carbondale T-shirt. And if I'm going to steal the brand from your sister, I can at least steal the tagline from you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talk about a Carbondale family, though. Yeah. Like, my sister's active in the community. My parents were active in the community. Like, half the town knows who we are. And um, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, like, we've, we've just, you know, participated in so many things around here that it really does feel like home, not just visiting my family, but every spot in this town. Like, I'm sure, you know, not everybody's a huge fan of mine personally or anything like that, but like, it still feels like oh, a great I'm big a, family. I'm a huge fan right now. Okay, come on. Like, I'm I'm fanboying out over here right now. Like, I'm <laughs> well, losing my mind. Well, maybe. MK Hughes has blessed the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was meaning like people who didn't even like know who I was or no. were like, oh, whatever. Well, they're going to know who you are now. Oh, no. <laughs> I hope you like me. Um, but you, you know, really like me. You really like me. Um, yeah. Um, but, you know, it still feels like a big family. It, uh, like, and not in the corny way, you know, yeah. like just being kind to each other and, and feeling at home here, feeling like I can participate in things for the betterment of this community and not feel... Uh, like an outsider. Yeah. Um, even though I've gone a bunch of places, I still come back. I'm going to segue for a second. Yeah, please. There is something about Southern Illinois, and, uh, you know, this is going to sound kind of crunchy, you know, like tree huggery, but I'm, I'm not sorry. I was raised by environmental yeah. That's activists. That's in your bark, my dear. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's in my bark. Um, Every time I drive back here from wherever I've been, and I've, I've lived and worked uh, in multiple 
places across the country, beautiful places. Um, but every time I come home and I hit like, uh, you know, the surrounding area, like I'm, I'm near a little grassy or anything and I'm hitting the highway and I smell the air and I hear the bugs in the trees because I'm usually home in the summers, but in the winters too, like there's a smell in the air um, that is so familiar. It is, it deeply feels like home. Like I just, I, I love it every time. I and right I, now you're you're living in Pittsburgh. Yes, I live and work in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Does it, and it doesn't smell anything like it smells here. No, no. <laughs> and I couldn't even tell you like it's a particular smell. It's just like there's just not a smell in Pittsburgh. Uh, thankfully, not anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of the the really positive environmental things yeah. that have happened there yeah. have cleaned up the air quality quite a bit. Um, but it is still a, you know, it's still a, an industrial city, but it also has wonderful things too. But yeah, um, it doesn't really smell much like anything until you get near the river and then it smells like river. Yeah, so, <laughs> nobody likes the smell of river. Well, I should say rivers because it's got three that like connect. But um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great town too. I, I rep in Pittsburgh because um, I've, I've lived and worked there since 2016 and I love it. Uh, it will never compare to my home, but it is definitely like, a place I could live for a while, you know. The ultimate dream would be to, to be able to, to live and work around here, but in my line of work, which is professional theater design and, and, and live entertainment and even education, you have to sometimes go where the work is. Yep, yep. Well, and, and one of the things you were sharing with me as we were talking, uh, you know, before turning the mics on was uh, just about what the scene looks like in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And just uh, how... When you take what you had to work with here mm -hmm. and then you understand just what being so multifaceted in the world of performance does for you when you get to bright lights in the big city like Pittsburgh, which most people don't understand what you were explaining to me earlier about the, you know, just being on the Broadway track mm -hmm. and, you know, the endowment money that flows through oh, there. Oh yeah, and it has a huge cultural trust, cultural endowment. Um, the people who live and work around there uh, are very invested in their community. Um, and of course, you know, people, you know, like to see their name on the endowment plaque, but there is, there is dedicated work going towards the cultural, um, edification of Pittsburgh, music, Broadway shows that are traveling through the country, um, you know, concerts, like major performers that you, mm -hmm. you, they land in Pittsburgh. And then of course you've got things like, um, grassroots, uh, productions, smaller theaters, um, that are contributing to the larger uh, house uh, theaters in Pittsburgh. Um, there are some big names, um, regional theaters that, you know, hire equity actors and have uh, union labor. And they're all working in consort in this, uh, in this cultural community mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh. And of course, there's other things too. Um, there's, uh, there's a convention center there. So of course we get like the, the comic cons and we get, um, you know, conferences and things like that. We also have sports. We've got the Steelers, the Pirates and the Penguins who I didn't know when I moved there. I should have, <laughs> should have done my research because I stuck out like a sore thumb, I'll tell you that much. If you, if you, you don't know- You weren't wearing the right colors. Uh, you know, I wear my Saluki gear on the Pitt campus, which are the Pitt Panthers. You know, I wear it downtown. I, I do, I'm a lone Saluki in a sea of Panthers and pirates. And I'm just like, <laughs> Saluki strut. <laughs> but- Hey, um, yeah. Hey, it's yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, um, it's 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 got a lot going for it, and um, I, I've I've had enough time to work professionally. I graduated with my master's. Ugh, I can't talk. Graduated with my master's in 2015, and I've been working professionally pretty much since I started the program in 2012, because um, they want you to go out and work while you're still getting your master's, which is fine. It's just yeah. it's a lot. I um, that. <laughs> but um, you know. Uh, it's still, it's very striking to go from maybe one regional theater in South Dakota or um, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival or the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, which are some major places that I've worked, and um, then to go to a city like Pittsburgh, where there are so many options within such a small area. Yeah. And I'm learning more about new ones every day because there are just, there's so many people with, with stories to tell and theater that they want to do or any kind of live entertainment. And uh, I can, I can, you have to be, what did I say? You have to go with the flow or else you'll, you'll, you'll go out of your mind or something like that. <laughs> well, I'll rewind the tape later. Yeah. yeah. 
And um, sometimes that works. Uh, oftentimes my husband, you know, has to remind me to breathe mm -hmm. uh, because we both do uh, entertainment work. But uh, I've gotten to do so many different projects and interact with so many different types of theaters and artisans. And I've worked as um, an educator in the field of live theater as well. So I get to like uh, be a props person, be a designer, um, be a props person and a designer. Sometimes you have to do like multiple hats, <laughs> costumes. And um, then I work with shops um, where I'm doing um, union work and non-union work and equity actors and non-equity actors and um, you know, working with a timetable that's totally different than what I was like trained in, but I was told to expect it depending on where you are. And yeah. Pittsburgh, you know, uh, has, has it all. And I get a lot of experience and I don't even have to go that far. You know, I just have to go downtown, which takes a while because, you know, big city traffic. Um, <laughs> that's definitely different from Carbondale. <laughs> I get to the other end of the city and I'm just, you know, of Carbondale and I'm just like, Oh, that was fast. Yeah. Five minutes later, here I am. Yeah, <laughs> that that is a that's a luxury. I love that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I having lived where I've lived essentially in the same little block my entire life. Yeah, is, is just wonderful to be like, ah, oh, it's really just boom. It's like coming out of the bat cave and there. There <laughs> like you are. there it is <laughs> access to all of the town and i may not have eight of one thing to go to but at least i've got one of each that i can get to along the way i really appreciate that too about <laughs> about carbondale like <clears throat> like especially like the staple restaurants and the staple like venues and mm -hmm. stuff like that that have been here for a long time and even the up-and-coming ones like we have a lot of variety here and there are i don't know if i should name names but there are some restaurants here that uh are the top at, no matter where I've lived, they are still hey, the we top. Can, we, can, we can play favorites here. I don't, uh, I don't mind. <laughs> I have never had any better Thai food than Thai taste there you anywhere go. I've lived. There you go. Hands down. And there are a few others, but I won't. I won't. Uh, I won't uh, not fair. Understood. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not so fair. <laughs> the, the work that you're doing now. Mm -hmm. Here? No. In Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. We're, I'm going I'm to I'm go full circle on your production this over the pandemic and yeah. the cameras on carts. But just share a little bit about where you have landed in the basement of a, of a really oh. big named place. Like, I mean, just, I mean, just the name alone, like. Yeah. So <laughs> for anyone interested in, um, in visiting Pittsburgh, um, it's kind of... Uh, when it, you know how when you go to St. Louis, you see the arch? Mm -hmm. if, if you hit the center of, of Pittsburgh, you will see the Cathedral of Learning. That is literally <laughs> what it's called. And it is a massive cathedral, which houses offices and classrooms and um, administrative stuff, um, event areas. Um, it has uh, some themed rooms like on the upper floors uh, that are like designed in a certain style from a certain country, like mm -hmm. there are country rooms. It, it has a lot. I work in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> and the cathedral is a beautiful building. You go in like the main entrance and it looks like Hogwarts. You know, it's like this beautiful um, Gothic and Romanesque like castle revival kind of look. Um, but the basement, um, it just looks like a basement. Yeah. Um, but that's that's where the theater department has their their scene shop and their prop shop and their costume shop and one of their theaters, um, which is a small black box, you know, intimate kind of space. And um, I uh, I have the 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 distinct pleasure of being the uh, visiting artist in props and design uh, for the Pitt uh, theater faculty, and I manage the prop shop. It's sometimes hot in there. Because it's a basement of a very old building, but I manage the prop shop. I have a dehumidifier. It keeps everything nice and not damp, yeah. which is great. Um, you know, it's an old building, which I absolutely love. But there are some tips and tricks when you're in an old building. You know, you gotta you gotta work with it. Yep. And um, so I my main uh, uh, position there is to educate students on prop construction and prop maintenance, like furniture. Uh, building furniture repair. I do upholstery. I haven't yet, but like I've I've done some little like repairs here and there. Like there's sewing, um, decoration, sculpture. <sighs> oh my gosh. Oh, um, uh, stage weaponry. The nice. the maintenance and care of stage weaponry. Um, 
prop organization, you know, just knowing how to make an Excel spreadsheet will save your life. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, getting to use all the tools in the scene shop as well as the prop shop, painting, faux finishes. Uh, for a long time uh, before I got this job at, at Pitt University, um, University of Pitt, uh, I worked at Point Park University full time as a staff scenic artist. So I have a lot of painting experience that I am just eager to share with, with <laughs> anybody who will listen. Because um, I've, I've been a painter most of my life, like small scale, you know, studio painting. And then I got into scenic painting, and it's still one of my favorite things to do. But now I get to diversify and do sculpture and metalworking and all these other things. And it's, it's a lot of fun. I get to teach. I teach design. I work with brilliant faculty um, who are very supportive, and they're artists like me. And those are my people. <laughs> and I, I absolutely adore it. Dehumidifier, though, I, 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 I draw the line. It's key. Key. Yeah. The... Um have you have you taken notice watching from afar on the internet the painting activity that has started to take hold in Carbondale in the past year or two? Um I in think it, I've seen signs of it. Okay. And I I've, I've heard some of my friends talking about it, but honestly, I don't even know where to start looking, but I kind of want to start looking, you know, just we'll, wander we'll, around. We'll get you we'll get you plugged in. Yeah. Um Cree and Marquez and uh their their child masterpiece episode, I don't know, maybe 11 of the <laughs> podcast. I'm trying to like yeah. keep my references straight. But yeah. so they, they started this um, uh, this uh, art hall um, and like, you know, paint and sip business that has kind of grown to take over most of the island. Now. Oh, yes. Yes, I uh, have heard of this. Yes. So, so Project Human X is where you need to start. But that's just where like it begins. And I think that there are folks that are one off that are kind of operating in tandem or out of Project Human X and like, you know, they're supporting other people launching their own thing who are then going out to like the parks and all this other place and doing things. And uh, JP Byler is over here uh, looking to do a paint thing along with the tattoo shop and the hair parlor and all the other stuff that they've got going on. Um, I would hope that we can put together like a paint crawl. I've pitched this idea to Jordan at Tourism, uh, you know, just taking time to get things fired back up. But like, I think that to start at like Project Human X on one end of the strip and work your way down to the under, other end of the strip by like the the gardens or Trace Ombres yes. or wherever, like uh, along the way, and then have like four or five stops where you just paint part of your painting and you can just grab a drink and keep going. Right. So like a, a paint walk or a paint crawl and there's you can just have a little hand sized canvas or, canvas or board, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love everything about this. <laughs> I absolutely do. I absolutely do. So if if I mean, when, when are you home until what's your kind of like timeline? Do you have a timeline? Yeah, I'm I'm in Carbondale, unfortunately, only until like July 20th. Okay. So I'm, I'm here for a few weeks, like a good a good chunk of the summer. But um yeah, then I you then I'm first quickly. I have to. Yeah, <laughs> I got I got some other family to see in other parts of the country and yeah. then right back to work. <laughs> so but if that happens at any point, uh, I want to see pictures of it and I want to be involved in the next one. Like 100 percent. There you go. That's that's it. I'm 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 I'll. Yeah. I'm on board. Yeah. So am I. <laughs> the um, I, I think even 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 from afar, you could submit the design. Hey, this is this is one of your five designs by local artists that you can choose from to paint on your way through. Oh, it's brilliant. It's uh, brilliant. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that that's cool. That's uh, that's really cool. So was is painting like the first passion uh, of life in like the terms of art, or do you like do you have a first passion? that you would consider like this one's, you know, precedes or supersedes all? Drawing was like my first, first passion. I, uh, but like, like, and that I, I, I'm speaking like chronologically in my life drawing, yeah. but painting followed very soon after. And uh, when I got into my professional career, um, you know, painting and drawing and doing sculptural work in school, you know, I would take art classes in undergrad um, and things like that. Uh, but when I got into professional theater study, uh, yeah, I took to painting like a duck to water. Um, I learned how to do, you know, techniques that I'd been doing for years on a massive scale mm -hmm. and seeing all the amazing tools and the, the, the quality uh, paints that I could play with and um, 
all the things that I learned about just art in general, like doing perspective and how to, you know, transfer a small picture mm -hmm. to a 20 foot wall. Yeah. Um, and color and value and uh, light and shadow, which was never my strong suit until I studied theatrical painting and mm -hmm. I learned how to render a shadow properly. You know, now my characters don't look so flat and that's great. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it helped me grow immensely as an artist and um, it's so much fun. We paint with brooms. We we paint with you know giant Hudson sprayers that you use to like spray your lawn with stuff. You know, like we we have so much fun and we get so messy, and it's just it's cathartic and it's beautiful and fun. So I would say painting is ultimately my like my my deep love. I will I think I will always be a painter, um, but drawing was my first love. It got me in the door. Yeah, for sure. Uh, good introductory <laughs> bit. Well, now also even more of an idea here because long term my my want is to see a a giant welcome to Carbondale on the front of this building I was talking to uh, folks about this just last night and in, in fact because you know, well, and, and even beyond that episode 68 the podcast just before this one Thad Heckman uh, we were we had him on because he's part of the Bucky Dome series that I'm doing but he's also the 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 architect for the multimodal transportation system going in across the street so it's like we're gonna have a multi-million dollar facility here that hopefully will have bullet trains running through it 20 years from now mm -hmm. and we're gonna be able to see people jump off that train and what's the first thing that they're, they're gonna see or that they need to see that should welcome, welcome to the Carbondale and it's a giant sign on the side of this building with a lit up marquee that says welcome to Carbondale maybe with some lights integrated into it and I've got some other ideas but what I'm throwing out there is when it's time <laughs> you're getting that phone call <laughs> I, I would be happy to take that phone call and also I I do know for a fact if I'm not available to do it I, I would love to be involved don't get me wrong yeah. um there are some people in this area right who have been doing like sign restoration like on the side of um oh the grocery store uh, Town Square. Gail and what is what is Gail's um um the whites yes right on the on the side of the um, the building on Washington Street, right? The old Coke sign? Is that yes, what you're talking yes, about? Yes, 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 yes. Yep. Um, and they do beautiful work. And there are, I'm, I'm sure there are other wonderful uh, mural artists in the area too. Um, but like that kind of large format art, like I'm yep. down. I'm absolutely down, but I would want to be like, I would want to have a group of people around me, like well, local artists well, I, and stuff. I think so. And I, I think even even beyond that, right, even even if you're not like physically here, because you understand how to scale a piece into that space, right? If the, if the core of the design started with you who understands the mechanics of it and then bled out into local people who another could. another dozen artists that can carry the project through oh yeah um i think that's kind of a, a the the right mindset to have about it jared davies really like his his couple of pieces that he's installed on the strip have been really nice the cristados building yeah and the pk's building yeah um uh what korea marquez have done down at the island they put the you know they painted the entire side of the island there and they're actually contracted to be one of the folks uh providing a deliverable for the marion mural project <gasps> Yeah, um, cool. And I've got my own opinions on the idea of an entire mural project, considering every community in small town America is doing a mural project right now. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, mural art, um, you know, especially in the United States, you know, it has a long history. Um, and it, I mean, it has history all over the world. People yeah. have been painting on walls since there have been walls. Yeah. But, um, you know, both the commercial and the personal community-based mural art uh, really has like a, a huge uh, impact on on us, you know, um, I think as a nation, it, it speaks to hometown, it speaks to something created by a community. Um, and uh, it's it's personal and beautiful. And it lasts a little bit longer, yeah. too, because as long as that wall stands, you know, you will see it, the paint could fade, but you'll see chips of it, you'll see this, the, the ghost of it yeah. for years. And you know, that's, that's nice. It's, it's, it's a little bit more permanence and it, it speaks about community. So I like that. Have you actively studied mural art as part of your, uh, as part of your educational process? Uh, not actively sort of tangentially when oh. I'm researching, you know, what a drop should look like, which is, is, is a, a scenery term for like a painted piece of fabric mm -hmm. or a wall that needs to look like it had a, you know, a, a Coca-Cola sign on it or something <laughs> like that. Um, there's a, a lot of mural art research that you do 
uh, depending on what show you're mm -hmm. working on. Um, so tangentially, and I have books, I have tons of books with, you know, research in there of, of old murals, but also, you know, of, of tons of other art, like sculpture and stuff like that. So I haven't actively done that, um, but I've absorbed quite a lot already without, you know, even being that focused on it. I, I would imagine. Yeah. I, it just kind of comes with the territory then. It really does. <laughs> you absorb quite a bit. You're looking for one thing, you find five other things. It, it just happens. So so you, so you said you went to school for theater here at SIU. I did. Okay, so the college experience, and this is, I don't know that I've talked to anybody about this one yet. Being a townie going to school at SIU and like walking into college like you've been there your whole life already. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. It was, it, but it was like, I was just in a, living in a different part of town. I was in a dorm instead of my parents' house a couple yeah. blocks away. Um, but oh, was, you, you lived the dorm life out. So you had the full. I had the full experience my first year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I did undergrad and grad here. Uh -huh. um, so my first year of undergrad, I did the dorms. I, you know, I was 18. I wanted to get out of my parents' house. So like I did the dorms. Yeah. Um, but I've lived in various neighborhoods. Um, around Carbondale uh, when I did uh, undergrad and grad, uh, when I moved back here uh, to do grad work. Um, what I really liked about uh, being a townie, but you know, going to school just at SIU, you know, just down the street, was that I got to see the inside of so many buildings I had walked around the outside of. Yeah. That campus is cool. Yeah. Okay, like Fainer, you know, it gives it's, people fits. It's not that bad. It's really not. And it has some beautiful spaces on the inside. You know, yeah. you see the outside, you may see the breezeway. I think the breezeway is gorgeous. Yeah. But there are like little, little conference rooms that have like glass tops and like trees growing on the yeah. outside. It's gorgeous. It's like, a, it's a, it's a working atrium. It is. And I, someday when I have all the money in the world, I am installing an atrium in whatever house I'm living in. Like I, I want... <laughs> I want the glass rooms and I want the big chair, you know, like Morticia Adams has the big, um, oh, I'm, I forget the name, but the big wicker chair. Uh -huh. I'm going to sit there like I'm a lady. <laughs> it's my dream. But um, yeah, you know, the law buildings, the engineering build, they are, they are beautifully, um, beautifully made buildings. And, and I, I loved most all my professors. I don't think there was one I didn't care for, you know, um, and there's a lot of love and care. Like I, I say that a lot, you know, I say Carbondale gives me a lot of love and care. Yeah. I've had some bad memories here. Don't, don't get me oh, wrong. Oh yeah, no, let's, yeah, let's not. Let's be real. I mean, you, you, we've lived a life yeah. here. There's not, yeah, it's not 100%. Yeah, but um, you know, it's a dedicated faculty. And um, as a townie becoming a student, you know, you become the thing that you seek to destroy. What is that? You know, like, oh, classic. Yeah. That, that applies. I will, I will not name <laughs> names here, but I mean, we, we would have gone to school with them. They would have been around, around our age. Their, their father, um, with, with whom I went to church was essentially like the opposite of what the kids turned out to be right yep. initially. And, and then turns out the dad ended up being cooler than you would have thought. But like, you know, when, when the, when the, when the offspring turns into like the, um, you know, just, it wasn't even like the traditional sense. It was like the, the jock kind of concept and, mm -hmm. the, and the parentage not being really into like the sports and, and all of the other <laughs> stuff that went along with that. It was just kind of funny to see how that all played out. But you're, you're absolutely right in like that phrasing that, yeah. that your life becomes or what have you, what you, what you seek to destroy. Yeah. And I, I used, when I was in grade school and high school, you know, we could always tell in town when the students were gone. Ah, uh huh. Um, and it was it was kind of empty, you know. It was, it was kind of dead, you know. Lots of things weren't happening anymore, but you know, the traffic was a little bit lighter, and that was always nice. Um, going back to talking about traffic, right. um, but you know, <laughs> there, you know, um, becoming a student there um, and seeing just you know the student culture, like SIU historically, you know, it, it rails against at least it seemed to, to me, to rail against the idea that the students at SIU like to party and everything like that. It's a mm -hmm. college town. Yeah. And the students have their own personality in life. Yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of, of fun things to do as a student mm -hmm. at SIU. And the university sometimes, you know, sanctions them, sometimes doesn't. But, you know, the town is here for it. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that the Carbondale wouldn't be without the school there and the students' contribution. Like, they make this town, yeah. like, not all of it, 
but they, they definitely have a place in this town and we love them. And I, I never felt, you know, like, I, I, the, I think the weirdest thing was when I would meet people um, and I would be like, oh no, I'm from here. And they're like, you went to school in your hometown? And I was like, oh yeah, you, you know that guy in the, in the wheelchair who has the little black dog who's, who's walking around? That's my dad. <laughs> um, he used to walk around the, the walk. Uh, around the college campus and people were like that's your dad I love that little dog <laughs> you know and um you know that was it that was the weirdest thing and that's not even that weird <laughs> what was what was your dog's name again his name was Pablo and you just lost him yes just lost him today unfortunately he lived 16 years though like he he just kept trucking yeah uh, that, that little poodle was determined to outlive us all. Uh, and he'd seen every corner of this town. Yeah. Dad took him everywhere um, for walks. <laughs> That's how I put it. Yeah. Oh, man. We didn't, you know, when we, when we did your mom's podcast, high 40s, I can't even recall off the top of my head exactly, which I want to say like 48, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. We didn't talk a whole lot about your dad we kind of wrapped up the podcast last like five or ten yeah. minutes or so was was talking about your your dad a little bit and i i, I never personally uh, had met him at that point in time in, in my life you know we had just uh known each other in high school but i hadn't yet met your mom and met your sister and and become knowing of the whole family <laughs> yep <laughs> the whole field hughes family yep uh, yeah I mean, do you what what do you what do you feel like your your dad's greatest influence has been on you and in life uh, oh, that you carried with you on me in yeah. my life uh he and my mom both i talk about them constantly um because i think they did uh amazing things for me you know outside the normal family growing pains that happened yeah. eg hughes and kathy field did they did right by me in so many ways <laughs> i have some funny stories about you know some uh some instances where you know the 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 experience was good for me. It wasn't traumatic or anything like that. I just grumbled about it anyway. Um, <laughs> both my parents uh, were very politically and socially active uh, throughout my childhood. And um, I like to think that definitely I carry their uh, revolutionary spirit with me. You know, the, the, the courage and, and the knowledge because I learned at a very young age how to p protest peacefully and yeah. how to uh, enact social change through dialogue and 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 engaging voters and being active in community groups. Mm -hmm. Like they were in a lot of community groups, like the stage company, and my dad was a part of the Green Party and the Peace Coalition, and um, I'm probably forgetting some other groups. Um, but uh, you know, I talk about them all the time because both of them. My dad, you know, was funny and self-effacing and very philosophical. He was the reason I studied philosophy. Um, he had some great, you know, he was a, uh, he's not from Carbondale originally. He's a, he's a, he and my mom were both transplants. He lived in Oklahoma. So he had kind of Oklahoma sayings, uh, which really would stick with you. Um, and of course I say that and uh, none are coming to my mind. It's okay. Um, but, uh, you know, he loved this town, too. Um, he and my mom settled here, and they bought a house here and made a community pretty quick. You know, they, they, they jumped into the community, and um, he was always worried about, you know, people around town and, and uh, you know, not as far as, like, going too far that he couldn't manage, you know, his family life and things like that. Mm -hmm. But um, he, he always cared about people and this place um and any place he was really he he could sort of ease on in you know <laughs> he, he had this easy kind of this easy kind of 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 uh air on him and not to say he never had anxieties but he he could you know if he was kind and polite and you know assertive when he needed to be you know he could get help he could um get engagement from people you know, he could um, he could charm the pants off of anybody. <laughs> and um, I, th I think I picked up some of that from I hope I picked up some right. of that from him. Um, because, yeah, he was he was just wonderful. And I, I talk about him all the time. Yeah. 
And my mom, too. She has some great sayings, too. They're Wisconsin-flavored, because she's from Wisconsin originally. <laughs> Wisconsin. She's lived in Carbondale for over 30 years, but uh, you don't forget that northern Illinois, Wisconsin. The, she has great stories. So many great stories from, from Wisconsin. And I've got tons of relatives up there um, who hate me for rooting for the Bears when I root for the Bears, because they're um, Packers fans. I had to think of the name. Anyway, <laughs> what was your question? <laughs> that was the perfect answer. <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered, I always wondered where you and your sister's accents come from. Oh, God. And it makes more sense now. Yep. Understanding, it, like, the <clears throat> the tornado, Wisconsin tornado that happened in Carbondale, Illinois. So you've got this, like, weird arc of Oklahoma through Iowa to... To Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin. I think that's my geography. Maybe I'm not in the right pattern, but whatever. The, the point being, you've got, you've got the, the non-accent that is the place that we live. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You've got, you've got the... the uh, you know, uh, I don't know how to describe Oklahoman accents. Yeah, <laughs> I don't either. You just have, you hear them and you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then Wisconsin, of course, you know, you hear it and you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. now, now I feel like, now I feel like part of the, the sketch comedy series that spins off out of WTF Carbondale has to include one with Kathy. And it's just Wisconsin and or like, what, what did you say? You were like the Wisconsin, Wisconsin flavored, flavored stories. Wisconsin flavored stories. Yep. Uh, that's, that's, that's it. That's yep. how, that's how I, that's how I rope in the rest of the Midwest on a Carbondale brand because they look at Southern Illinois and go, well, that's, is that the Midwest? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like so much of the Midwestern ope that, like, is, like, like, culturizing the, the internet yeah. in recent years has been very, like, northern Midwest. Yeah. They don't, I didn't consider us part of the Midwest until somebody told me that we were. You know, I, I thought we were just far enough south that we could consider ourselves part of the south. Mm -hmm. But we are. We're, we're very Midwestern here. Yeah. Um, we, we can, you know, go a few miles and get to the south yeah. uh, pretty quickly. But um, it's weird how we're like south of the top line of the south. The south goes like here and then down and around yep. us, cups us and then keeps going out east. I, I know. <laughs> I, abs I, I can't explain it. Every time I tell people I'm from the southern part of Illinois, they're just like they, they don't know how to categorize it, I yeah. don't think. And and that's pretty typical. But it's funny you mentioned our non-accents because um, you know I was raised here. My sister, my sister and I sound very similar. You know, we both have our affectation, like our affects in our in our speech. But we are very, very similar. The other day, I was talking to my nephew, her her son, and he Frankie. said, "You, <laughs> yep." He said, "You look a lot like my mom. You sound a lot like my mom, but you have an accent." I think I picked up something in Pittsburgh. I must have. Oh, no. oh, I no. don't know what it is, <laughs> but I. I, I'm a little afraid, you know, the longer I live away, it's like, I can feel it slipping away. <laughs> um, so I, I'm going to have to be, be mindful of that. I'll just keep checking in with my nephew and, and see what he says in a few years. Oh my gosh. That's so interesting <laughs> that he's like attuned with that. And like, now that I'm thinking about like listening for it, I think you hit the nail on the head and saying that it's a, that it's a, just a reduction in accent overall. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, and, and I could see that happening where like when you're around Pittsburgh, which I'm sure has its own. It definitely does. <laughs> that that kind of draws your accent away, but doesn't it hasn't actually replaced it with any particular sound. It has just reduced your overall because you have to communicate more clearly with the Pittsburghians or whatever yeah. you call them. I don't know. There have been um, uh, a couple of, of times where some of the Southern influence has slipped out. Mm -hmm. But of course, um, my husband is from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, my. <laughs> and uh, every time I talk to him, and say, you know, I'll say things that probably p people from the north or even Pittsburgh will think is kind of southern. Uh -huh. It pales in comparison. <laughs> and he can switch it off and on, too, because uh -huh. he's lived in a bunch of different places now, too. Yeah. He went to school in North Carolina, and he uh, we met in Alabama. So he's been, like, around the east and the and Did the south. Did you drag him home this go-around with you? Uh, he will be here, yes. That's right. He's That's not right. here yet, but he will be. How, how many times has he been to Carbondale prior? 
maybe only a handful of times, like four or five times. He was here for the for the uh, solar eclipse, a um, couple of Christmases. Like a is, summer. Is this is like at length stay for the first time in Carbondale. Oh no, I think no? so. Okay. Yeah, right. actually, right. yeah, yeah. This will be the longest he'll ever stay in Carbondale. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be fine. Yeah, it's a I'm lovely, sure welcoming right. place. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the humidity. Oh, is, he's which I mean, he lives. No, you, you're the one that lives with the dehumidifier. But nevertheless, I'm sure that he. Well, no, I mean, Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, I may imagine that's kind of swampy. Yeah, it can be. It can be. It's 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 got a similar um, kind of a similar summer vibe uh, there. Uh, a little bit drier though than here. I don't know why, but every time I come back here. I am swimming in the air. I need a straw just to breathe. Like, there is, I have been to places that should have higher humidity and it still feels more present here. And I, yeah. I can't explain that. I can't. I melt when I go outside here. I'm like, ah, Carbondale. I no, what's you. even more exciting is with all of climate change making this an even more tropical zone. <laughs> like, we're going to be like this little miniature Amazon rainforest climate. It's real exciting. Hooray! At I least think. we're not drying out. I'll take that. Like, if, if literally my trade-off is... You know, mosquitoes the size of my palm versus not having any water at all. But I guess the, I'm just going to have a giant welt on my back every now and yeah, then. Yeah, I'll take the soupy air and the mosquitoes. I'll be fine. I grew up in it, literally. <laughs> oh, oh, that's another thing we were talking about is, yeah. is allergens. Oh, yes. That yes. was going to be the opening question to the <clears throat> podcast. Yes. There we go. Yeah. But it's all right. We got to no, it. No, we're here. We're here. Um, is, uh, you know, I was, I was born in Murfreesboro back when they had a... a uh, an OBGYN unit at uh -huh. the St. Joseph Hospital. Mm -hmm. They don't anymore. Most babies are born at Carbondale Memorial. Yeah. Um, but I was born in Murphy. Um, I was born here. I was made here. This place continually tries to kill me. <laughs> it's like Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Smaller spiders. Yeah, <laughs> but, sm but still a lot of spiders. <laughs> um, I am allergic to pollen and grass and pollution, you know, like car exhaust and stuff like that. And um, pollen, grass, spores, uh, mold, dust, and particularly my allergies go haywire here with all the different kinds of grasses, the prairie grasses that we get down here, the forest. I was helping my mom clear her yard the other day and a pine tree stabbed me and I had welts on my hand and I'm just like, I don't under, I'm from here. It's like the immune system of Carbondale is just like, ah, oh, she's back. And then I'm just, I'm just, you know, taking Benadryl like there's no tomorrow and I remember in, in, in high school, I had to take allergy shots. I'm like, I don't understand. I go tons of other places and you know, my allergies are there, but manageable. Here, just, just mainline the Benadryl at this point. Like, your, just, mo your mom needs to start like shipping you mason jars full of like dirt and pine needles and carbondale know. debris yeah just <laughs> carbondale debris that's it <laughs> holy shit carbondale debris what a fr this has been just a golden podcast <laughs> for all of these things that i didn't yet know that i needed in my life like wisconsin, wisconsin flavored. flavored like carbondale debris yep. whatever the saying was off the top of the podcast i can't remember yeah, at this i can't point. either uh yeah what but cycling back to to uh, your dad and that being like an integral part of you. Oh, and, yeah. And conversation, right? So you talked about how that's just like part of you and your your spirit. And what I in our in our conversation, you know, before we came up here to record, it was like very clear, like your ability to just weave like the core tenets of your ideology and like your your activism into conversation to guide people in a one-on-one -on -one space to the ideas that you understand that they need to comprehend themselves like that's that is a amazing skill and it's cool to like have listened to you talk and then like immediately turn around and like you pinpoint that out talking about your dad and you know arguably Kathy as well having oh, yeah. that you know, it's a, let, let's not pretend like it was just EG. No. Oh yeah, no, EG and he's also one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why I started going by my initials. Like initially it was 
I, ha, initially, uh, it was because I started signing my name, MK, and people started calling me that, but it's also like a send up to, to dad. But no, Kathy, my dad taught me a lot about philosophy and, and, and empathy, and so did she, but she also taught me style. Yes. So um, dad, dad had some style, but uh, if you needed style, you talk to Kathy, <laughs> for sure. Yep. Absolutely. But yes, I appreciate you saying that. Um, and it, it, it really goes back to, you know, they met all of my emotional needs, e.g., you know, he he was he was enormously kind and humble, um, but, you know, was educated in, in what interested him and he was eager to share it. Yeah. And um, that's kind of how I, I feel. You know, I'm, I'm educated. Not enough, it feels like, but I'm educated in the things that really matter to me. Yeah. And when you have that passion for it, it's a bit easier to share and humility. You know, I think I think, you know, just being willing to be a little bit self-deprecating or, you know, step back from your own ego a little bit makes it a lot easier to share, yeah. uh, uh, to hear and to be heard. For sure. No, you're, that, that's a that's a fit. That's a. <laughs> That's a fit. Ah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's heartwarming stuff. MK. Like I really, you know, I, I, there are, there are all sorts of directions that I look to go with folks in doing these podcasts. There's Mm -hmm. there, there are, there are folks that I'll interview who I've never met before. And I'm just looking to like, you know, get to know this person, give them a platform and show them off as, as another person that exists here in this space. There are some people that I'm like, these are people of note that like other people need to hear and, and see about. Some people are just plugged into the right project. Some people are filler content. Like when I got to have all my comedians on for like episodes 20 through 25, <laughs> because I wasn't quite there with all my booking yet, but like they're my people nevertheless. But like this this is just one of those carnal Carbondale conversations. And it, it, it just, it, it is, it is what I live for. Cause it makes me feel not alone. Oh, it- <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. We're from a kick-ass place and you are not alone. I wear my Saluki stuff. I may get mobbed by Panthers, but you are not alone in this town rocks. That's right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what are uh, I mean? What what uh, I'm, what else are you doing? Are you? Is there anything that you're pursuing outside of uh, the the play while you're here for the summer? Or are you just kind of like enjoying your time and kind of soaking up the allergies as you can? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I um, I am kind of just enjoying the time here. So this is my vacation. Technically, Technically, you know, and um, I go on my vacation to work. That's what you say. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm having so much fun with the, the play project that I don't really consider it like it, there is work involved, yeah. but um, I'm very comfortable in it. You know, it's a familiar space and I'm, I'm having a lot of fun uh, with that. But otherwise, I've just been seeing friends. Good. Um, I have so many friends who still live here and uh, trying if the weather permits, all this rain lately, you know, trying to get out to Giant City or to Little Grassy or just to drive around. I've been taking lots of drives around here yeah, yeah. Um, because I don't get a lot of driving in the city um, unless I'm doing long trips to like another gig or something like that. Yeah. And um, I really do love driving the back roads around Carbondale. Like that is cathartic. Not when it's raining. When it's raining, it's intense. But, what do you like, think of the new roundabout? Have you not taken the new roundabout I have, yet? I have. Okay, I have. okay. I was about to. Be. Yeah, the face is more. Because you've lived. I mean, you've lived where like that intersection yeah. was something that you're very familiar with. I. I'm told that it was necessary, <laughs> and it's fine. Like, you know, I I do the little loop. I just never would have thought that intersection needed a roundabout. Yeah. But I, I hear it does. Yeah, and I, mean, I there, trust. There have been there have been actual there there have been there have been deaths. Uh, yeah. in 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 that space and in, in and uh, the sight lines weren't years. great before. Yeah, they... yeah, it was there. There were there were definite reasons for and so on. And and being a you know, what night I think Gary says ninety percent funded by the state, so it's not like we had a bunch of dollars yeah. into it. No, um, it just sort of took me by surprise. It was like a pleasant surprise i guess yeah I'm sort of ambivalent about it to be honest but <laughs> you're like it's just there it's now. just like, there because you're used to like actual 
traffic. Yeah, yeah. At this <laughs> like point. Like this, we're like, oh my gosh, a roundabout in Carbondale. Yeah. It's like, have you ever just driven on a five-lane highway before? <laughs> and you got to get five lanes over by yeah. like that next car or else you're going to miss your exit. So I got rear-ended on the Dan Ryan in October. It was wild. It oh. was like at going like 55. Mm-mm. Like it was crazy. Yep, yep. Um, cycling back before before I forget about because that was one of the other things that that I was definitely interested in poking at because you're you're in this room where like we've taken the varsity we've turned it into a television station and done that thing but you got to do like a very similar thing during the pandemic as well so like you very much like you see this and you go holy cow yeah <laughs> it's kind of a fit <laughs> it is it is like uh, I we at Pitt we uh we had done mostly virtual productions and we got to uh, we had the opportunity to turn one of our stage productions into a film set in our black box theater, you know, just basic black walls, and we decorated it. And it was a, a bunch of student designers and some faculty designers as well. Um, but we were so used to doing theater, and of course the pandemic happened, and we just got in a bunch of cameras, a bunch of sound equipment, and, you know, people are wearing mics, and, and we're doing tracking shots with a a camera on a dolly and here I am, you know, making sure everything looks good on its back Mm -hmm. Uh, because in theater, you know, you can just put stuff out front. Looks fine. (laughs) Nobody will see the back. Not in film. Uh, and that is that is one of the things that that I that I have and I'm this is the perfect podcast to say it on. I've said it a couple other times and talking to other folks, but this is one that stage company people will see for sure. Um, because Brandon and the entire crew, like what they have done to actually like understand that they're, they they went from malleable like stage play like setting to film setting and have like responded accordingly put in the extra layers of paint mm-hmm. done the lighting upright tucked in things where they needed to go like staged it accordingly oh, yeah. and then set it up to where they can transition do an entire set of scenes in this one completely break it down completely build a new one do all the sets and then just have that production value as part of it and it's like it's awesome to see yeah. the the core tenets of creating media alongside your live performance is being explored and directly engaged with in this space across all of our organizations. Uh, yeah, it's it, <laughs> I, the, our capacity to bounce back to go with the flow. Yeah, um, has has impressed me a great deal, um, particularly here. Like seeing all of the videos pop up. Uh, you know, I subscribe to uh, the Varsity and and the Stage Company and seeing videos. We're streaming this. We're doing this, and I'm like. My home. <laughs> <laughs> it's here with me. It's here with me. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's been wonderful. It's been absolutely wonderful. And um, I, I, I wonder, you know, what might come of it in the future, you know, if we keep using some of these practices yeah. and, and uh, you know, letting our students explore all different avenues of yep. media art and theater yep. practice and dance and film, um, I think... It's done a great deal of good for me as an artist to, you know, just be curious, ask questions, be like, how do I do that? How do I do this? What do I need to do this? And just being okay with, you know, getting it wrong a few times and and learning it and doing it and maybe bringing something brand new to it. So (laughs) maybe, you know. What what do you feel like your your biggest, uh, you know, learning uh, your the, the things that you learned through creating live performance media was like what what were the things that stuck out for you making that transition from you know the the typical in-person theater to the produced you know kind of a studio but also kind of live performance which you're trying to balance the two things yeah um (laughs) honestly the biggest thing that stuck out to me was um you know, the, there, there's a massive amount of importance in your backstage and your onstage crew, mm-hmm. um, investing time and resources into them uh, to get them uh, knowledgeable with the new technology and also the people who just handle scheduling and timing. Yep. Um, you know, it's one thing to rehearse a script um, and, and perform it every night and have your stage manager, you know, there, but to get all the timings for go and, and hold and and making sure the camera doesn't obscure anybody watching and all the channels are filled and and then the the post-production stuff. Like the backstage crew um, and behind the camera crew uh, put in so much work. And of course the people on stage do too. 
Talk a lot with my hands. Um, <laughs> That's allowed. Um, <laughs> this is on video. It picks it all up. You're yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the onstage people do too. But like to get it smooth, to get that well-oiled machine, um, you know, it takes a lot of time and dedication and patience from that backstage crew. And uh, for all my fellow tech people, you know, um, I don't thank you enough. And I, I should buy, you know, when the, the, the panini is over, I should buy people um, sandwiches or give them gift cards or something like that, all the tech people I work with, because they really, they stepped it up and they're amazing. I love, I love all of the pet names for the panini. <laughs> and much like the panini, this podcast is over. Woo-hoo! Episode 69 of the WTF Carbondale podcast. Have a good one, folks. Whatever that one may be.